Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,942. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in San Francisco, California, with a very special guest by the name of Brad Stewart. Brad, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Do it. All right, we'll have some fun. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into what you're up to, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Brad? Well, most people do not know I was born on July 4th, the bicentennial baby, as my mom said. Yeah, well, that's pretty cool. A lot of uh, stars and stripes at your birthday parties, I would imagine, and fireworks. Definitely growing up. Definitely growing up. Very cool. I love it. Well, let me give you a proper introduction and we'll get rolling here. Brad Stewart is the Chief Executive Officer for Fair Technologies, where they're building a new digital car shopping experience that's bigger and better than anything you've seen before. Prior to joining Fair, Brad was the Chairman and Chief Executive Officer of Exojet, the largest on-demand private jet company in North America. He led their turnaround, growth, and eventual sale in concurrence with his role as CEO. Brad was uh, also the senior advisor at TPG Global, a leading alternative asset manager where he served on the board of multiple TPG investments. Prior to his tenure at Exojet and TPG, he was the vice president of mid-market private equity at Parthenon Capital and a consultant at McKinsey and Company. We'll be back in just a moment to learn more about what he's up to in the automotive sector, but first a word from our valued sponsor, so give him a little listen, and we'll be right back. I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for anything Mother Nature can throw our way. It's very soft, breathable, and easy to store in pampers your paint and interior surfaces, providing maximum UV, rain, dust, and snow protection. Add their gust guards for windy conditions for extra protection. Their five-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with a quality and attention that's been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft. Too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code YA21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word YAH, Y-E-A-H, 2-1 at checkout, YA21 at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. 
I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. So, Brad, let's dive a little deeper into the corner. You're, you've gone from the jet world, finance world, into FAIR, FAIR Technologies, in the automotive sector. Uh, I'd love for you to share more about what you're doing with this brand. Uh, first and foremost, though, are you a bit of a car guy? Do you love cars? I do. I do uh, love cars a lot. I'm really happy with the car I have right now. And, you know, it's one of the cool parts about being part of FAIR is that you get to see and, and sort of traffic in uh, a concept and a, and a thing that I really like. Well, let's talk more about what you're doing with this brand, because this is a brand you've stepped into and you're reorganizing the company, uh, sharpening everything up. And this online automotive buying world has really exploded in the last really five years, I would say. I bought cars and motorcycles online. The old days, it was pretty limited the way you could do it. You never really knew what was going to show up on your doorstep, but things have radically changed. What's the, what I call the other side of the car world right now as you see it and what are you doing there at fair what what are you going to revolutionize this industry with well i think it, it starts and ends with the consumer so the consumer is our north star and you know i don't think i'm saying something revolutionary that there's a lot of the car buying experience historically that people have liked but a lot that people haven't liked and so what we're really doing is just thinking about how information and how technology really e-commerce and a marketplace business model can improve how people access inventory, how they shop and explore what's available, and then ultimately how they interact with the more physical aspects of a, of a car purchase. So supporting test drives and supporting trade-ins. And so ultimately, what we're trying to do is, is create the absolute best car shopping, transacting, and then owning experience that's possible by fusing digital with physical. This is very interesting because fusing digital with physical, my brain goes to, what do you mean by that? Can you can you go a little bit deeper? Because typically you're online and you're not there physically with the car you're going to buy or sometimes even ever talk to the person you buy the car from uh, other than a keyboard tap here and there. So what is this physical part of what you're doing? Absolutely. So for me, and, and this is reflective a bit of my exoget experience, it's sort of arrogant of companies to say, you know, you have to come into our store and shop that way. Or on the other hand, for a digital company to say, you know, it's only possible to, to purchase or shop via our app or website. Ultimately, I think customers are a bit more complex and their needs are evolving as they grow and, and change in their lives. And the opportunities are also changing as, as more and more technology and just the zeitgeist of our economy is changing. And so what we're trying to do with FAIR and FAIR Technologies is empower the consumer to shop to transact, to explore, to manage their mobility in a way that's perfect for them at the point where they are in their life. And so sometimes, you know, someone wants to just click, click, click and have the car show up in their driveway. That's fine. Other times people want to click, 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 but they want to go, you know, drop off a trade-in or they want to do a test drive or they want to know 
that the dealership where they picked up their car is also available for service. And so we're really trying to empower the consumer through information and through the ability to, to shop and navigate their ownership experience in exactly the way that's best curated for them. So I would assume in a way this is where you see the automotive retail world heading is this mixture of these two? 100%. And if you look at you know third generation, fourth generation e-commerce and, and, and marketplace businesses across all sectors of the economy, what you're seeing is just a tremendous amount of empowerment. And, uh, you know, think of Amazon, right? Think of your leading apparel brand. They're not judging you and telling you you have to do it one way or the other. You can shop online, pick up in store. You can, you know, shop in store, try on a, a pair of jeans, for example, and ultimately have it shipped to your home. So, again, it's, it's about empowerment and flexibility. Can you give us somewhat of, since we're audio only here in podcasting world, uh, a visualization, if you will, of how this may work? I'm a big time Porsche guy. I love Porsches, driven them for many, many years. So if I'm out there looking for, let's say, and and we're talking about both new and used in this marketplace for fair. I think over time, that's absolutely true. Our focus in in day one of launch is to uh, prioritize used uh, for a lot of reasons. It's It's a bigger market. There's more flexibility. There's, you know, obviously more fluid inventory. But yes, I mean, to, to visualize it, you know, fair.com is an automotive hub. It's an automotive hub that serves up inventory provided by third party dealers and, and car rental companies and, and even peer to peer. So that inventory is, is wide and is deep, meaning that if you come to our site, you will see more inventory than any dealer on planet Earth is presenting, which empowers the consumer to get the best price, to get the best location, to get the best connectivity to a high quality dealer partner that can provide you physical experiences. And then once you start that shopping experience, we can provide you everything you could possibly need inside the four walls of our digital store. So as I said before, if you want to click, 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 you can purchase and have that car delivered without ever seeing anyone. And for a unique asset that's maybe a state away uh, or a really well-priced vehicle, that's perfect. But also, you can interact physically with our dealer partners. And so we facilitate test drives, we facilitate trade-ins, and then ultimately, there's sort of best-of-breed partner ecosystem that surrounds the entire thing, whether it's financing or insurance or information. Everything that a, that a consumer, a shopper, or, or a purchaser could want is installed inside that digital store. So that begs me to ask the next question, and that is how, as a consumer, as a shopper through FAIR, how do you protect me from being taken advantage of somebody that is coming through your platform so that I know I'm dealing with somebody that's reputable, honest, forthright, I'm getting the car I really wanted, and so forth? Yeah, so there's there's several ways. And, and obviously, you know, data security is hypercritical. Uh, inventory quality is, is important. Uh, fulfillment excellence uh, and customer service is another aspect that matters a lot. You know, if we don't provide a, a great digital experience, then we don't win, right? But if, but if the car is not delivered as represented, then, you know, that reflects poorly on, on who we are. So there's, you know, there's information platforms and that type of capability. There's also user grades that we apply to each of our dealer and inventory partners, really kind of a net promoter score or a, a customer satisfaction. And then ultimately, it's, this, is a, this is a conversation that we as a company are having with all of our partners in the ecosystem to explain what our brand standard is, and we hold them accountable. So the best of our dealer partners and, and other partners are promoted inside the marketplace, and those that you know, don't perform or don't take care of the consumer the way we should have consequences. The last thing I'll say is, you know, we're providing industry-leading roadside 
coverage and extended warranty and all sorts of things that allow for the consumer who has transacted on a car they haven't seen to really be able to you know, have an extended test drive and make sure that what they thought they were getting, they are getting. Do you see this really becoming the new way people shop? Because in the old days, it wasn't too long ago, the old days, you went to your local dealer, you walked in, you sometimes got manhandled by that salesperson that you really didn't want to be around, although the world is improving. I think a lot of dealers are improving in that way from the old days of what do I have to do to put this in your garage today? Uh, is this really where and how you see people are going to be buying in the future? Uh, even uh, older folks, my next door neighbor, a little bit older than me and I'm a little bit on the mature side I will say that hate to call myself old but I guess I am mm -hmm. and uh, he just bought his last two new cars online because his experience shopping locally was just so dismal it was like he came home and going why are they making this so hard for me to give them my money and he went online and bought a brand new Audi top of the line Audi and a Ford Raptor so he was spending serious dollars on two cars at the same time and a week later they rolled up in his driveway and he said, boy, that was a lot easier. So do you see this really being the new way people shop versus wanting to go down to dealer to dealer to dealer and try to make your best deal? And that leads me to the next question is dealing with people and negotiating price. Are there ways that you're helping with that too? Because that's the ickiest part of buying a car most of the time. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, those are two complicated questions, but you know, the, the, answer to your, the answer to your first is 100%. So I don't think it takes much to ask you know, any of us to, to reflect on the future and think about you know, five years out, 10 years out, 20 years out, how will people start in, in their transaction, right? Will it be in their hands or will it be in the hands of the dealership? Mm. I think the answer is obvious, right? Um, I do think there's a the maturity aspect. I mean, younger folks, right? Uh, more recent generations are clearly much, much more comfortable with buying high ticket considered purchases online. So there's, there's no doubt. I think, again, it's about empowerment and allowing someone to evolve their own customer journey. But if we step back from all of this, like just, just think about why we are all more reluctant to go to the mall, right? They might not have our size of the shirt that we want, right? So why, why should it be any different for auto, right? If you go to a dealership and they've only got two or three cars that, that you want, why wouldn't you start your shopping experience on a marketplace that allows you to see, you know, 20 times, 30 times, 50 times the amount of inventory and really curate exactly what you're looking for? Um, so I think I think the answer is obvious that this is, in fact, the future. And I'm excited to be part of it. Which leads me to the next one. And that's the current conditions in the marketplace. Since you're so into this world right now, we're seeing so many problems with inventory levels, used car prices, new car prices. I'm very active on social media and some of the dealer add-ons people are putting on new cars are just new Jeeps adding $25,000 to the price is crazy. Where do you see this ending? Do you see an end in sight? Do you have a, any kind of crystal ball that we're going to go back to somewhat normal times? Well, I don't have a crystal ball, but I read a lot and, and analyze, you know, analyst reports and, and talk to a bunch of folks in the industry. My takeaway is that that this weird moment we're in where there's a supply demand imbalance is going to persist for another few quarters. So is it two? Is it three? Is it four? I'm not sure, but somewhere in that range. I do think we can have confidence that supply and demand will find an equilibrium again, you know, moderate term, call it a, a year out. And I think ultimately, this is a sort of a, a micro event, right? It's a it's an episodic event that you know has not happened, at least as far as I can recall, in the last you know couple decades, and and probably won't again. And it's 
just a reflection of supply chain issues that, you know, were pretty obvious, you know, once the economy was disrupted because of COVID. So, you know, it is what it is. It's disruptive. It's changing people's businesses, some for the good, some for the bad, but it's temporary. Thank you. I hope so, because <laughs> it's sure a weird world out there for us, for us car buyers. Uh, that's for sure. I always like to ask my guests about what I call driving inspirations, people that were very much an influence or mentor in your life. Is there somebody like that 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 helped you along in your career path? Yeah, there's a lot of them. And I'm blessed to have several, you know, friends and mentors that that I access today. One that just really stands out was a guy named Todd Hendrickson. He was my boss and, and mentor at the very first, you know, real professional job I had in college uh, selling municipal bonds. And he just provided a lot of inspiration uh, in terms of aviation, which we were both hobbyists. He provided a lot of uh, career and, and, and sort of even college guidance because I was still uh, at the University of Minnesota. And, you know, he just always encouraged me to, to take the long game, right, to play the long game, to have a view on, you know, where I wanted my life to be and the impact I wanted to have, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. So just a wonderful individual. Um, he passed shortly after, you know, we worked together, which was really sad, but he made a lifelong impact in my life. Awesome. That's great. We're going to take a short break and thank our sponsors. When we come back, I want to talk about a big challenge and it could relate to FAIR and how you're reorganizing this company. So keep that thought in mind and we'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So let's talk about this. You know, every successful person has run up against an obstacle, a challenge, even a big failure. I'd love for you to talk about one, and you could even talk about this reorganization of what you're doing because, and we didn't talk about this earlier, but you've come in to help redefine FAIR and FAIR Technologies and what the company is all about. What do those challenges look like or what have they been? So this is my career. This is what I have dedicated my life to, you know, going back to, to McKinsey and then private equity and, and evolving into Exojet and now FAIR. It's, it's my passion, which is to find companies that have tremendous people that have a tremendous vision, uh, that have unique assets, and then, you know, perhaps they weren't, you know, properly characterized or, or compiled or managed. And so, you know, that's my job, which is to come into situations and, and sort of find the good pieces and repurpose them. Um, and so, you know, I've been doing it for, you know, 15 or 20 years now. I think the challenge is always, you know, to start with some very clear guiding principles, some, you know, beliefs that are unmutable. And in this case, my belief is that the consumer deserves better. Inside of FAIR, there's wonderful assets. The brand, I think, is spectacular and has a tremendous amount of extendability. And the technology is best in class or world class. You know, there were other aspects of our legacy business, which was really a leasing business, that, you know, were not as well developed. Uh, and so the challenge in coming to an end is to make sure that we accentuate the 
the assets we have and that we manage down, you know, the risk and exposure attached to things we weren't very good at. Absolutely. Picking up all the pieces. Is is there a uh, a date where FAIR is up and operating full bore the way you'd like to see it? I think it will evolve, but we're targeting the end of first quarter, early second quarter of 2022 for our full relaunch. You know, we're a tech and product company at this point, and so there will be several fast follow product releases that will continue to make the user journey that much better. But that's our game plan right now. We're super focused and, and building like crazy. And, um, you know, every couple of weeks we have major product sprint demos, which are just thrilling. They're, they're so exciting to see. <laughs> and, 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 and like I said before, I really think this platform becomes the way, the way in which people buy cars. When you look ahead, let's say three years out of where fair is going to be, what do you, what does it look like? Well, I think that it, it could mean, it could be a lot of things, but I think at the core of it is, is this, you know, hub business, this marketplace business, this fourth generation econ business that, you know, we keep talking about, right? Which is a wonderful, graphically immersive digital hub that people come onto to see amazing amounts of inventory and lots and lots of products that they can attach to their, into their vehicle purchase and, and ownership. I think there's a lot of other things that we can ultimately do as a business that are super exciting, whether it's advertising, whether it's partnerships, whether it's referrals, whether it's, you know, taking some select inventory exposure, I think we'll, we'll end up vertically integrating within financing and, and perhaps insurance in unique ways as we gain scale. But the real North Star is to build a hub that brings together consumers with with digital and consumers with auto inventory that is the you know widest and, and deepest that you know we can possibly curate. Sounds great. I I asked you early on if you were a car guy and you said yes, absolutely. So would you share a special vehicle in your life? Maybe it's a car that you've owned in the past and maybe share a story about that ride? Yeah, so I'm a little bit of a of a BMW. Um, I love it. Me you know, too. Fan, fan, <laughs> yeah. So when I, I went to business school at Columbia University in New York City, and I, I sort of promised myself maybe halfway through my two years in the MBA program that if I got a, a job that I wanted, or you know, I had a short list of companies I thought I should work for, that I would design and order from the factory the the car I'd always wanted, which was an M3. Nice. And so, yeah, when when I when I determined that you know I was going to be successful getting a job at McKinsey, I, you know, I went on you know online I think and looked at all of the different features. And at that time, you had to go into a store, uh, which I did in, in Minneapolis where I where I work, and um, literally down to like the wheels and color and you know all the trim. <laughs> and you know, three or four months later, it showed up and it was perfect. What year was that BMW M3? It was a 2004. Well, you and I have something in common here because I. Sp- I custom ordered a 2001 M3, the E46, when they first came out. Mm-hmm. And then I bought another one, which I still own today. Same thing, custom ordered, just like you did, a 2005 M3 that still sits in my garage wow. today. Uh, I had two E36s before the E46, and those cars I used a lot on the track. I used my first one a lot on the track, but by the time I got to my uh, 05, I had uh, vintage race cars. So I, that car's not been on the track. It's just kind of my baby. And I tell you, every time I walk out in the garage, 16 years old now, and I walk out in the garage and I go, maybe it's time for something new. And I just, I get in it. I drove it yesterday. And I'm like, I can't get rid of this car. It's just too nice. Fantastic vehicle. Yeah. When I moved to San Francisco, I had to get rid of it because parking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was very difficult to drive up and down the hills. I've recently purchased an X5M, which oh, nice. I think is just a fantastic car. And it, and it actually reminds me so much of, you know, the handling and just, yeah. it brings me back. So 
uh, I found my home, my car home. We've had two X5s in the family too. Have one right now. Those are those are great. So uh, yeah, so we share that BMW uh, fandom here. I'm going to crawl into your head and be your car psychologist here, Brad. I'm going to ask you a question. I guarantee you, nobody's ever asked you this question. If you are manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is the guy in the mirror, who you are. Manifest as some kind of vehicle. What would you be? But the most important part of the question is why. I, you know, I would think I'm probably like an F-150 or like a Chevy Tahoe or something. Okay. Um, you know, I think those cars are, are solid and so utilitarian, you know, and they can they can show up in different ways. Right. You, you know, you, if you if you trim them properly, they can look they can look all right. And, um, you know, but their core is really an everyday sort of worker in, in, in their in their sort of engineering DNA. So uh, I think that's how I describe myself as I'm a worker. I've been working, you know. Since I was 15, having a job, contributing to, to society and economy that way is, is my passion. Um, and I think those cars are just, you know, several decades of engineering have gone into producing something that's, you know, perfectly fit for what they are intended to do. It's amazing how long those vehicles have just been around, the, the premise of them, what they are, and they're just kind of the workhorse, if you will. So that that's a good way to answer that question. You gave me a nice uh, segue here to my next question, and that is helping others give back. You mentioned uh, that great gentleman in your life, uh, Todd Hendrickson. What are some ways you like to help others? Uh, it doesn't have to be specifically in the automotive sector, maybe in the business world, uh, to help them achieve the things that you've been able to achieve. I, I think it, it's all about career, right, and and jobs, and and you know I'm a proud uh, you know capitalist, and, and the belief that the free market you know produces opportunities for people in, in ways that um, really no other system does, and so you know the ways in which I contribute is you know obviously through the company I'm working at, you know trying to make sure that there's a community there that knows that we believe in them and, and we'll do everything we can to create growth opportunities, promotion opportunities, increased compensation. But it extends, you know, for me way, way, way beyond, you know, the, the company I'm working at and the network that, you know, we've, we've you know, built over time and the people I've met. And so, you know, every week I'm usually on the phone with somebody who's, you know, thinking through a transition, who's looking for, you know, an introduction or who just wants to, you know, think about how better to design their own growth journey, right? What they, what they invest in and, and where they spend time developing skills. So it's it's something I care deeply about. And, you know, I care about it for, for myself, of course, but, you know, certainly everyone around me. It's great. Fair Technologies, are you guys, uh, I assume with your expansion plans, looking for people? And I usually mention this at the end of our talk, but I'll mention it now uh, where people can go on a website and who are maybe looking for careers in the area, of, have some skill sets that you guys are looking for. Are you, are you growing in that way with uh, colleagues? 100%. And, and the focus right now is really on, on that technologies part of, the, of our name. And so, you know, we, we are hiring in product, we are hiring in engineering. Our lead recruiter, Blake Chamberlain, you know, can be found on LinkedIn. You know, we can, we can also find other ways to connect to him. Uh, he's, um, he's amazing and, you know, doing a great job bringing people into our company, mostly in product and tech. Awesome. Great. And uh, listeners, I'll make sure to put a link to their website on Brad's show notes page. How about reading? Is there a great book you'd like to uh, share with the listeners today that you really enjoyed? There's a lot of them. You know, I'm fascinated as, as you might infer, you know, with, with the human story. So, I found Sapiens and, you know, books like, um, you know, being mortal and, and sort of how to think about life and life transitions to be just really powerful in my, in my own growth and learning. Business-wise, I would say The Breakthrough Imperative is just a fantastic, fantastic book. You know, more recently, I've sort of gotten getting into biographies. So I read 
um, Alan Mullally's book, Ford, and Bob Iger's book about his Disney experience. You know, those are a few, but there's just so many, right? Yes. There's, there's more there's more content out there than there is time, for sure. Oh, there there always is. You mentioned the word sapiens. Are you talking about the book by Harari? The Brief yeah, History of yeah, Human... I, yeah, that's a great one, too. Yeah. It's not perfect, but it does it does do a nice job describing sort of how we got here and contextualizing, you know, in some sense, how, how special it is that we are here, but yes. <laughs> how insignificant in some sense we are. Well, I heard that on a, another podcast. When you think about the odds of any of us just simply being born are infinitesimal and then being born in this great country with the opportunities that we have here, just cube the idea of, of the ratios of the fact that you actually ended up here. Uh, and then if you're born into a great family that's loving and caring uh, and helps nurture you even more so. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's the uh, old thing. Go back and count your blessings and be grateful for uh, where That's you, a good point. Where That's you a good stand. Point. Yeah. I'm going to take you on the ultimate drive before I let you go today, Brad. And that is I can enable you to have any car in the world be with any person living or deceased and you can be driving anywhere in the world. What does that ultimate drive look like for you maybe today? I think if I could have any car, is this, I own this car or I'm just driving it for the moment? I'll give it to you if you want it. Park it <laughs> in your garage. Um, <laughs> I'm that kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think if I could have any car, it would be like a, a more recent model of like the, the F430 lineage. I mean, it's so impractical at least from, from <laughs> yeah. my perspective with young, with young kids, but it's such a, it's such a iconic vehicle and, you know, sure. obviously the performance is amazing. So that would be the car. Okay. I would say if I could, you know, spend time with someone, it would probably be like Barack Obama or something like that. I don't, mm-hmm. Not necessarily a statement of, of my alignment with his, with his political views, but I just think he's a super special person in terms of, you know, what he's achieved and his thoughtfulness. And if I could drive to anywhere, it would be Park City in 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 the summertime, like you know June or so, because I think mountain mountain living, I think ski towns in the summer are some of the most special places that I ever have experienced. So that would be my car person place. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Park City is such a beautiful place. I've been there both there in the winter time to ski and in the summertime, and yeah, it is uh, spectacular. I always thought, man, this I wonder what it'd be like to live here. I have lived there and I've spent a lot of time there over over the course of the last, you know, 10 years. And it's, um, it's one of the most idyllic places on the planet. Really? Okay. Well, speaking of thoughts, I'd love for you to leave us today with a success quote or mantra, some kind of words of inspiration for our listeners today. It's not beautiful, but one of my more favorite pieces of advice that I've been living by and, and sharing with people recently is just to keep chopping. Keep chopping. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's an idea that some of the greatest things that we can accomplish in life come through, you know, stick to itness, as my dad would have said. Yep. Great. You know, just, just making sure that you fight through obstacles and don't give up prematurely, right? You have to be doing something that's worthwhile and, and that you want to accomplish and that has meaning and purpose to it. But, uh, you know, if, if it's worth doing, it's going to have some ups and downs. And so, um, sticking with it is, I think, a very underrated attribute and something that we don't often talk about enough. Persistence. Yes, absolutely. I hear that from a lot of the successful entrepreneurs that I've been so fortunate to interview on this show. What's the best way for people to learn more about FAIR Technologies? I think the best way is to just go to our website. It's, um, you know, it's currently under construction in the sense of, um, you know, it's not, not the digital hub that we've been talking about today, but it does uh, emote our brand and brand standards. Uh, it does allow for people to sign up and, you know, hear from us as we provide updates. And there's a few other ways in which, you know, inside that 
inside that digital store, you can learn about us. Okay, great. And when you're all up and online, let me know. And I'll put it out there to my listeners again so that they can experience the full joy and beauty of shopping for cars through fair.com. I want to do a shout out. Thank you to Paige Griffiths at 360 PR for introducing me to Brad. She's brought me some great guests. So Paige, thank you very much. Brad, hey, thank you for uh, being so generous with your time. I know you're incredibly busy uh, for sharing your experiences and sharing fair.com with us today. This is very exciting. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Cars yeah is proud to support our veterans, which is why I've teamed up with our nonprofit partner, TechForce Foundation, through its Veterans at Work Military Transition Campaign. The tech shortage is very real, and our country needs skilled, qualified techs to keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. When so many vets build their skills in maintaining and servicing vehicles when deployed, TechForce helps transition those skills to jobs as professional technicians when they come home. Learn more about TechForce Foundation and its Veterans at Work Military Transition Fund at techforce.org today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!